Welcome, one and all, to the motherfucking Darkstream podcast. I'm Darth Cam Gentes. Darth Rictus. And we have Hoogland-Gate to talk about today. What the fuck is that? So, for those who know Jeff Hoogland, has been a content-slash-MTG player. He's played on the Pro Tour a few times. Hooligans who's used to using hallucinogens? Exactly. No? Maybe? <laughs> if, if only he was that cool. <laughs> But no, he uh, he apparently had a meltdown over a Twitch account that has been streaming nonstop. And this Twitch account is the Will Hall Expo. And it streams old pro tours. It streams all the old stuff, all the paper magic that you loved watching while we were growing up. It streams nonstop on Twitch, basically. The proceeds of this are directly donated to a charity in Ukraine. Google. Sounds like a good thing, objectively. Right, and Will Hall Expo obtained permission from Wizards of the Coast before using all of their copyrighted material, which is proper. Hoogland tried to report this account to... Snitch. To Twitch. Snitch, rat. <laughs> I know. And Twitter burned burned him down for it, which was fantastic to watch. God, that's so much worse than just being a snitch, too. Right? <laughs> so it, it, it started... It's like a snitch... Re like, like, that's a snitch reflex. Right. <laughs> you know, because most most rats are, you know, it's uh, well, we got gotcha, you. So give up, give up somebody else and we'll take it easier on you. And he just fucking volunteered this shit. He yeah. just saw this and was like, I see copyrighted material. I think I'm just going to rat them out just because it feels good to me because that's how I get my rocks off. Well, also in the sense of it's not like you're really competing for viewers. It's a completely different type of stream. You know what I mean? There's no interaction. There's nobody talking. There's nobody playing these games. Just you know? old videos of yeah. old pro stuff. Yeah. It's just like watching the old ass ESPN stuff. You know what I mean? For Ukraine. For fucking Ukraine. All the proceeds went to that. There was a, <laughs> and he did this, I think, because there was a massive growth on the channel because people really like the content. It has regularly. Kind of jelly. Right. Over like 300 people watch this regularly Snitch. and so it Rad. you know he he went off on this whole thing and then of course uh, and he was dead wrong too there was nothing to snitch about there was nothing to rat about it was all on board right so then people are like you should probably talk to you know the guy that runs the will hall expo thing and he doubled down he was like i've had interactions with them and they weren't good so was there ever elaboration on that yeah so the the elaboration basically boiled down to uh I reached out to the Will Hall Expo guy. I was curious and saw what he had posted on uh, Twitter about it. And he said the negative interaction that he blocked me for originally is that he stole from a streamer because what he, he has this scenario. Hoogland that, stole from a streamer. Essentially what, what, uh, what happened was, and again, this, I'm not a hundred percent that this happened. I'm just saying this is the word on the fucking street is that, he has this scenario where you can go in during a stream and you can pay a certain amount of money and he will pick up your deck and run it through a league. And apparently he did this, except that he dropped out of the league after missing a second land drop on game one. Wow. And didn't refund the streamer at all. So the streamer, Okay. Right. So then Will Hall Expo guy said, okay, that's fucked. You should refund them their money if you're not going to play the deck as you told them that you would. Yeah, fuck's sake. And he got blocked for that. And that's the negative interaction he's talking did, about. Did he have a reason for doing this or like nothing was ever, he never said anything and we're now allegedly doing this right. Word we, on the street doing this. We, we're now blocked from Hoogland's account anyway. Oh, how'd we do that? <laughs> well, because I'm me and I, I had some fun with our Twitter account and everybody was busy 
pitching him shit. So I joined the pitch parade and gave him some shit. I said, oh, you know, it's it's really fun stealing money out of the orphans mouths over in Ukraine just so that you can get your rocks off today. And we got blocked. <laughs> well, yeah. OK. So that Hoogland gate was the big to do this week. And of course, he's blocked hundreds, if not thousands of people in the MTG community for flaming him on this. Amazing. Which I hope has the exact opposite effect of what he was hoping to do, because it did not kill this. It started a sub Twitter of people that are just like, fuck Jeff Hoogland. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and now we're kicking off the Darkstream podcast by. Yeah, fuck Jeff Hoogland. Talking about <laughs> this. And yeah, look, I'm going to take it all the way back to. Let's pretend that this channel was playing that stuff. Sure. And they had no legal right to do it. Sure. No permission. They were just doing it. Right. Snitch. Yeah. Fucking rat. Exactly. And I'm not saying that, like, talking about anything somebody's doing as illegal or wrong means you're snitching. There's a lot of exceptions. You know, like, if somebody's showing up and robbing you every day or something, like, no, you know, deal with your problems. But that's snitching. That's ratting. He had nothing to do with any of this shit. This wasn't getting him out of anything, which would probably be fucking snitching and ratting anyway. Right. If he had like nothing to do with their business and it was just, but this, he had nothing to gain and he was just being a rat. He was just, I think a little upsetty spaghetti about the fact that they were growing so quickly as a channel. And you gotta, you also have to understand content streaming is not a zero sum game. Just because somebody else is getting viewers does not mean they take them from you. Right. Especially when it's completely different content in terms of what they're doing. Yeah. The old, old pro events is very, very different from literally everything else that you could be doing. Yeah. It's obsolete yeah. information that you, you just watch because I don't know, you're nostalgic or can't sleep. And you it's listen late. to the dark stream and heard cool stories <laughs> about old pro events and you want to see what's going on. Well, simultaneously perhaps providing a little support to Ukraine on the side. Yeah. So it's snitching on a noble cause without any basis. So fuck Jeff Hoogland. And that's how we're starting this podcast. I'm comfortable with it. <laughs> now, outside of Hoogland Gate and all that shit, Wizards did just uh, finally make some nerfs in the funniest way possible to alchemy. Don't care. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> They, they took Cabaretti Rebels, which is basically let's give creatures cascade for creatures. And they said, we're going to nerf it by making it red, red, green instead of one red, green. To which everybody said, not enough. No. Wait, wait so hang on. Red, red, green. Enchantment. Ca creatures have cascade for creatures. Whenever you play a creature, it seeks a creature of lesser mana cost from your deck and throws it into the battlefield. So basically. Yeah. Basically, I guess there's like a randomization fact there and it's not just the first one, but the first one you find is random. Right. So it is cascade for creatures. Right. So they made it red, red, green instead of one red, green. And they're like, that'll solve it. And but did it? No. Sounds um, like a broken enchantment to me. It is. It very much is. But they also nerfed Racketeer Boss, which is a what the fuck is that? Red, green, three, two creature. When it comes into play, two creatures in your hand perpetually gain whenever they're cast, you create a treasure token which let you go infinite so easily with things like Grinning Ignis. Right. They nerfed it to say it only happens once, which helps. It helps, but more importantly, they fucked up the nerf, and now whenever you cast Racketeer Boss, it says ability number 15267 here. 
and nothing happens. Magnificent. Beautiful glitch to have a week and a a little less than a week and a half before we are at the qualifier where everybody has to play alchemy because Wizards decided to take it from historic, which is a much more fun format, and change it to their abortion of a format that they can't let go of. So, yeah, you know, like when you try and make eggs and you crack an egg and there's like a little bit of a dead chicken fetus in it. A little blood. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah. Where it's like a little corpsey in there? Yeah. Okay. Like that's, that's alchemy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not good for anything. No. It never turned into a chicken and it won't be a fucking omelet either. No, no. It's, it's just the thing everybody's looking at distastefully and all the pros are going, okay, I guess we have to learn this format if we're going to get there. So everybody's learning the format, and uh, for those listening, and, and they're wondering what 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 are the acceptable archetypes? Uh, there's three. Do you think anyone's wondering? <laughs> the people that are that are trying to qualify, maybe who knows? I'm uh, sorry for you. Yeah, people I'm one who of are them. trying to qualify. <laughs> I'm sorry for you too. You know. All right. So what what have you learned? What do you know? Esper is probably going to be dominant now that the nerfs hit only the Jun combo deck, which was dominant. So Jun combo still a deck, still tier one a little less uh, aggressively placed because of Racketeer Boss's nerf. Cabaretti Rebels nerf doesn't really change it that much. I mean, we so have play the players. Esper deck and figure out how to win the mirror match, basically. That's where I'm at. I tried to make Mono Red good enough. If you curve perfectly, my God. And if you run hot, it's fantastic. But if you don't do either of those things, you're going to watch Esper run rampant. I mean, that you. seems kind of legit for a tournament, though, because you, you got to run hot at a tournament. You got to. You do. You do. Um, and at least you wouldn't be stuck. I mean, I have no idea what's in the Esper deck, but I feel like it's probably Esper cards, which means the games do not end uh, quickly. Well, they they printed this beautiful little thing uh, called Diviner of Fates for Esper, which is exactly Esper colors, blue, white, black, 2-3 with connive, except that whenever you discard a card for any reason, not just connive, uh, you seek a card of a similar type from your deck and put it in your hand. Like same type? Same type. Okay. So if you connive and discard an instant, you get another instant from your deck. What the fuck? If it's a creature, you get another creature. If it's a land, you get another land. So okay. it's just instant yeah. value. I'd be playing that. Right. So it runs four. And it, it runs some other stuff that's pretty busted. Herald of Vengeance is in the format, which is three white white for a four five flyer that when it enters the battlefield, any permanent that dealt you damage last turn gets blown up. Okay. So you can't. I can see where there would be a problem with red. Yeah. <laughs> I've had games where I got massively ahead on board for some reason. You know, I blew up their Diviner Fates. I got ahead. We're one turn out from getting there. We're like, okay, we've got it. There's no way that they're not going to have the answer. They go Herald of Vengeance, blow up the whole board. And you're like, including the Planeswalker Chandra for dealing one point to them. Gets blown up by Herald. Wow. Yeah. And that's fine. All you got to do is beat a four or five with your red deck with all your momentum gone. (laughs) (laughs) Which I've done once. But not consistently. It's doable. It's doable. <laughs> but fuck. I mean, that that that's a regular fucking game state that's going to occur over and over and over. Yep. So it's it doesn't look good for the it's, aggro it, decks. What's that card? Uh, settle the wreckage. Yes. It's like a settle the wreckage that they don't get land for, and you don't even have to cast at the time. You just get to untap and like, oh, you didn't kill me. Settle everything. Yeah. Out goes the walkers that fuck dealt your damage. lands. Out goes everything. Yeah, it'll blow up your den of the bugbears. It'll blow up all of it. Wow. So it's the Esper deck is that good. I don't think there are really I mean, you can take a deck that's based to beat exactly that in Jun Food, and if you find that deck, play it. Because that's gonna be the deck that gets you all the way to the fucking pro tour. Well, here's here's something. What the fuck's going on outside of Alchemy since it's 
terrible. Yeah, yeah. So moving on. Away from the qualifier, away from the abortion we all have to play in a week if you're qualified. Explorer, still amazing. Still hot. Abzan Greasefang, we took it, uh, took it for a spin. Doesn't feel ready. It's not ready, it's but close. It's, it's close. It's one of those you got to keep an eye on because they don't have, they're missing, I would say, somewhere between one to two cards to really make it pop off. Yeah, and Mulch was particularly bad. Yeah. Mulch was not good enough. And it makes me think Seder Wayfinder also probably wasn't good enough, but somehow Pioneer just wasn't ready for Grease Fang that week. That makes sense. Seder Wayfinder is not really that good. Right. I mean, putting a 1 1 on top of a Mulch is whatever. Right. It, it's, it's just there. It's whatever. If they're not ready for Grease Fang, that deck will run you over. But as we saw, the competitive decks, uh, we went five and three. There's actually like a better mulch that got printed in one of the modern Horizon sets. I don't know if it was the recent one or the one before. Okay. So sorcery, it's the same mana cost. I think it's five cards instead of four, but I'm not positive. Nice. But you can name creature or land. Ooh. And rip those. I would love to see that in a standard set. Because I played mulch back in the day in a variety of decks. And if you don't know what mulch is, it's sorcery, green one. Uh, you reveal the top four cards of your library, those that are lands in the grip, those that ain't in the bin. Simple as that. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty good card for a long time. Yeah, it was. It was a pretty good card for a long time. It is dog shit now. Things have moved on. The game has changed. But whatever this new version is that was in a Modern Horizons, whatever, that's a common, where, again, it's the same mana cost. I believe it's also a sorcery. And I believe it's also one more card, but even if it's not, mm. you can choose whether you want lands or creatures. That's a big fucking deal. That would be huge for Grease Fang. Because, <coughs> yeah, then it's either gas or lands. Yeah, you, you pick the thing you're missing and you go grab more of it, which would be fantastic. And we could put that in standard and it would be fine. Yeah, standard has hit enough of a power curve that we could do that at this point. Like, the, there has been enough shit printed with enough value now that that would not break it. Every single standard has so many ways to attack the graveyard incidentally and for profit mm. graveyard trespasser is probably the best example of this ever god damn yes it's unassuming mm. you know it's got a lot of text it's got a lot of text but so do you know a lot of cards like questing beast sure and questing beast has seen tier one play mm -hmm. and it's a fine card but it's never been a tier one card i think it's been yeah. a card that gets included in tier one decks and does some crazy shit sometimes, but it's, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's still easy to kill. Doomblade kills it. You know what I mean? And I actually saw some content online where it was, I think it was like TikTok or something. Hmm. And, um, the, the challenge was, can you name all the text on questing beast? Oh God. <laughs> and I can't, um, I, I know it has haste. I know it has death touch. I know it can't be blocked. Except by things with power two or greater. Higher than two. Higher than two. And has vigilance too. And vigilance. Okay, so I already missed that. And if it deals damage to a player, you get to deal equal amount to any planeswalker they I are. remembered that, but there's also some kind of damage prevention, like damage can't be prevented or sort of can't be prevented. I still don't remember. Shit. We'll have to look at the card. I don't right, remember. You didn't that even either. know, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> nobody nobody knows what that card does. <laughs> It has so much text, nobody knows what it does. And, and uh, Graveyard Trespassers kind of like that. Yeah. Except one of the abilities is Ward, discard a card. The which two is for a one. big fucking deal. The easy two for one. 
<laughs> yeah, every time. And then three threes, pretty good size for that mana, considering it's a two for one if you're going to target it. Right. It can turn into a fucking four four. Then it's beast mode. I mean, normally, like, I'm against the idea of just saying what a card can do as arguments for why it's good. But again, there's so much text on who can even remember. Right. <laughs> but like the exile hit a creature. If you hit a creature, you gain a life. They lose a life. And if it's on the flip side, it's twice. And you can split it between graveyards. Also wild. What a card. What a card. I feel like that is everything that Questing Beast wanted to be. But it's a great example of how modern, I should stop saying modern, contemporary design. Contemporary design just fits in incidental graveyard hate on the cards you want to play anyway. Yes. And for those wondering how good Graveyard Trespasser is, if you're on that uh, old Magic Online Digital object, Objects Moto platform, there has been rumored that it is going for 80 tickets. Are you fucking serious? Which a ticket is equal to about nine tenths of a dollar. Unless you got to pay cash money, in which case they're a dollar. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, I, I haven't verified it because I don't have the platform, but I saw on Twitter somebody was like, I thought I got out good when I sold them at $40 or 40 ticks per, and I think they're at 80 now. That's disgusting. Because so of Pioneer. <laughs> I, I bought I bought uh, two copies of that card in paper recently for casual decks. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like the altar art version. Nice. I think both of those cards together were under $3. Oh, yeah. Paper is still cheap as balls. But Moto, for some reason, their economy went wonky on this Since one. Since when did balls get cheap? I, I got to know. <laughs> Probably because so many people send dick pics. Uh, yeah, but it's not It's an ball economy picks. of demand, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's, there's very little demand for dick pics. That's a fact. Right. But, I mean, cheap as balls. I guess everything's as balls. You know, like if it was expensive, you'd say it's expensive as balls. I guess balls can be anything. I guess they can. <laughs> Not dicks, just balls. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, cheaper than dick? Expensive as dick? Just doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. As balls? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it's a bit more, I don't know, cylindrical. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're fucking around an explorer, um, I think at this point we've Fairly well established, Rakdos midrange is at the top. That's a great way to win, and it's it's fun adapting it over time. I am really interested in that Abzan deck because you know, like I tried to figure it out and I couldn't. Mm. And the current build is very interesting, and it's close. I wonder if the pieces are there. For we're not talking about Greasefang. We're talking just Abzan mid. No, I'm talking about Greasefang. I we're consider Greasefang. I consider that Abzan mid. Okay. Okay. Uh, Abzan Greasefang because there, there's a lot of great shit. I mean, obviously the Asika's Chariot is why you're green. Right. But there, there's got to be... I'm actually green because Grizzly Salvage is amazing. Grizzly Salvage is fucking dope. But there's got to be. There's got to be something. There's got to be like two or three cards that were just not a pre... Because it took so long for this deck to percolate. True. So long. And we have a lot of cards in this format. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a direct port from Pioneer, which has a larger card pool, and nobody shifted it there but maybe it didn't need to be shifted because pioneer is a different format it is a format with treasure cruise and dig through time and monastery swift spear and shit i know that it's different and that i do not pay attention to it at all right basically explorer is what would happen if they banned all the shit out of pioneer that you wish they would is what i've heard okay that's that's the take that I've heard from a number of people who play Pioneer at the RCQs. What a fucking endorsement for Pioneer. Right? <laughs> because they have all these cards in it's Pioneer. It's like this other format that's easier to play, but worse. 
it's faster. It's I mean, Rakdos is also at the top of that format, which is why logical trespasser is so high on moto because you can play pioneer on moto. If you're playing on moto, you're playing yourself. Mostly I just go with my condolences because wow, that platform sucks. It's ugh. if it wasn't for the great eternal formats on it, it'd be dead already. That's all that's holding it up. I think at this point, it's like motherfuckers don't realize that you can just buy. I'm going to call them proxies from China. Sure. <laughs> proxies that look great. Proxies that look as good as the real thing and are fantastic if you want to play vintage. And they shuffle great, too. Yeah. Use them every year at the Gentleman's Cube. Every time. Yeah, they've been fantastic. Actually, that, that kind of opens me up to uh, a topic that, that we've never addressed, mm. which is the fake cards topic. Oh, yeah. Because really, we're saying proxies. These are fake cards. Not, not all of them. But like some of the ones that we've gotten for our vintage decks are, th there was never a version of whatever, right? Right. We have these over the top, ridiculous, completely altered, and it's obvious for our, our vintage decks. Oh, yes. And we're never running around trying to sell fake cards. But I own some fake cards, and they look really good. Oh. Really, really good. And the only reason I got them is because I was curious slash i just wanted to build some decks for funsies right and um i mean i only hypothetically bought them <laughs> anyone's <laughs> of an authority figure in listening this was all an experiment in my mind yeah fuck you jeff hoogland and it's i all allegedly yeah i i, I yeah i, I forgot because i i drank a, an entire bottle of Karelian mead this evening and i know there's <laughs> spice in that and i'm just confusing the facts but regardless, <laughs> I am aware that fake cards exist that look really, really good. And feel about the same. And I would not, basically under any circumstances, short of like you're Aladdin and you need to eat today. Right. Or you'll die or like feed those fucking kids. <laughs> I would not advocate selling these for cash money and misrepresenting what they are. That would be shitty. But say you put them into sleeves and went to a tournament. Mm. Who's going to fucking know? It would be very, very difficult. I mean, I've been deck checked in the past, but they just deck check to make sure that your deck lines up with what you registered. They're not like pulling the cards out and giving them the bend test and pulling out the jeweler's lope and all that shit. It would be so easy to just roll into a tournament with a deck completely counterfeited sure and then win that tournament for cash money and what what do you think of that what do you what do you do you think there's moral implications to that i don't really have an issue with it i know there are people that are going to be upset when i say that but yeah fuck bill stark he, his opinion doesn't count <laughs> we've established this in the past right i i don't have an issue with it because i play magic for the love of the game not the love of the cards right and it, it it's not like the game changes you're still playing within the parameters of what is legal in terms of what the cards can do you are simply not able like think about it this right, way it's, it's not like you have like the book of ashanti that doesn't exist as a real card that just does whatever you want right you're still playing let's say hypothetically fake graveyard trespassers in a pioneer tournament because you don't want to pay 500 dollars for a deck or you can't afford it and there are people that are like if you can't afford it then you can't afford to play and to them i say fuck you you've never been poor that's not a tip on a pizza bro <laughs> right who's that hurting 
other right. than like game you stores? as a gatekeeper. I don't know. Does it yeah, hurt but, game but stores? Like, no, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And I doubt there's any research or anything on it, but let me extrapolate randomly. Sure. And, uh, collectors have been a huge thing ever since the pandemic came down people sure. are buying cards just to have them just to collect them sure and i love that because they're buying shit that i sell yes <laughs> um that i've sat on for a while but if you are a collector yeah you are pulling out that jeweler's lope on that old shit you know or you're buying it from a trusted source we did we did a podcast a while ago where i was talking about taking my collection and turning it into og duels right now, I, I bought it from a store I trusted, run by people I trust. I didn't bust out a jeweler's lope and do a bunch of research on what's a real card and what's not. Yeah. I just, I know these people. I believe they're not going to try and fuck me. And I just bought them. But anybody who's a collector who's not going to feel that way, if you're going to try and get what I'm like, you would check. Sure. You would check if you weren't sure about the source. Like, you know, if. I ever decide to sell these things, I'd probably sell them on like Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist or some shit like that or eBay. To clarify, the real duels. The real duels. Yes. Right. And if somebody was like, all right, well, I want to look at them with a jeweler's lope, I'd be like, good for you. You're smart. Yeah. Good for you. Fine. That's cool. Let's do it. So if people are buying these cards from stores, I feel like they're collectors. Sure. That's what I'm saying. And is this harming stores? Because um, here's the flip side. So maybe these fake cards, people are buying them, and therefore they don't buy real cards from stores to some extent. Sure. But probably they couldn't afford the real cards, which is by, why they're buying the fake cards, and they want to play the fucking game. Then what are they doing? They're showing up to the store, and they're paying an entry fee. They're playing the tournament. They're increasing the participation, which increases the profile of the tournament, which increases the legitimacy of the tournament organizer. True. True. It, it's a question of who are they really harming? And the answer, I, I, based on that extrapolation, is not really anybody. Because you're not, again, this is with addendums. If you have these fake cards that you're not selling them, you're not passing them off as real, you are using them you're strictly. You're not trying to con anybody into buying them. Yeah, you're, you're just. You're using them to play the game. Just to compete. Just, to, just for the love of the game, because we'll just, we'll just say it outright. Maybe you're just too poor to buy a vintage deck for a vintage tournament or even pioneer Maybe have too much damn sense. Right. I, come on. You know, like buying a vintage deck for a vintage. Look, man, like you better already have a Maybach. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of like the MTG ver version of buying a boat. I've heard of vintage tournaments where you cannot enter the tournament mm. unless you have uh black border beta. Jesus. Of all your power, all your duels. Oh Doesn't that make you want to roll in with fakes even more? In that specific scenario, yes, because fuck that shit. Right. That's gatekeeping and, at such a shitty level. But then you look at what legacy is, and legacy is already a pretty rich fucking format. Yeah. There was the last time I paid any fucking attention to legacy, uh Luis Scott Vargas had this really cool reanimator deck that was Dimir. Mm-hmm. And the only cards that were in it that were strictly legacy were the underground seas. Sure. And there were two copies. Mm. And it made this deck cost an astronomical amount of money. Yeah, those are over like 500 a piece now. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just, those were the only cards that were native to, that, that was the only reason you couldn't play this exact same shit in something else. Right. Every other card in the deck, 
I mean, maybe not every other card, but every other card that was in that format was cheap as fuck because maybe it got like like reanimate, for example. Right. Got reprinted in whatever that all foils shit that had the skulls as the expansion symbol and oh, it got right. reprinted in some masters sets with like grave titan art and some cool shit like that but it was the only card that was in that format that was native to that format that was like you off the res on the reserve list you got to pay big money that's stupid yeah i i mean i i i'm down for the collectors keeping their value and shit like that which fake cards don't interfere with no no they don't i mean all they do is enforce that if you're going to pay high money for old cards you should get it checked first but yeah these tournaments again i mean you, I, I can't see even getting caught probably not i mean unless somebody's like listening to this podcast and like they're now like i know who darth cam Gentes is in real life <laughs> i know his civilian name and i'm going to deck check him now no you're not because i'm not playing in your fucking tournament but <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the only consequence I could possibly see is that I've talked about this openly so that people might be suspicious of me and like Bill Stark would let them know I'm coming or something. And nobody checks for that shit. Yeah. Who cares? We're of a like mind on this one. I, I don't think as long as you aren't reselling them, as long as you're using them strictly to compete in older, expensive formats that you just cannot compete in otherwise i don't have a problem with it because i abhor the fact that they've kept this reserve list anyway i mean i get it for a collector standpoint but i hate it from a player standpoint right and look at what aladdin did <laughs> since we mentioned him before you know he wasn't the fucking prince of babwa that's you, bullshit you mean the man without nipples yes right <laughs> right he wasn't gonna raise no mammals off of his chest yeah Aladdin had a genie and he said, fuck you peasants and went after a princess. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And you know, in the end, the princess rolled with it over fucking rich ass Jafar. Well, yeah, she got gaslit so hard. That's true. <laughs> true. Do you trust? They made sequel after sequel for that movie too. Yeah. The, the whole original is like, do you trust me? Followed by him lying his fucking Anyway, I've been lying from the fucking beginning. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, Despite all that fake shit and all that bullshit, yeah. Aladdin, as a player, <laughs> still strong as shit. Still strong as shit. This is true. Hell of a player. <laughs> so, you know, wherever you land on the fake card debate, it, I mean, it, it almost doesn't matter because they're here and they're not going away. You know what I mean? It's, what are you going to do if you suspect a fake card from your opponent? Be like, I want to give this the Ben test. I've even, I've even gamed that out in my mind. Like yeah. if I went to a modern tournament and had fake cards in my deck, cause I don't want to pay for Urza's saga or some stupid shit. Right. What would they do? Right. right. Cause if they're like, Hey, we think this is a fake card and the only way to, you know, like we give it the Ben test, it passes the Ben test. Cause most of these cards do. Yeah. And it comes down to like, you got to rip it in half. All right. Put the money on the table. Right. And, and another card. Because I can, I, can, I can name any price I want for my property. Yeah. You can't just destroy my property. Right. Whether it's a real card or a fake card, it's still my property. Right. <laughs> what are they going to fucking do? Probably just a quick DQ and call it. Maybe, but even so, that's, that's sketch too. Oh, it is sketch, but I've, I've seen 
DQs over weirder shit and stupider shit. So I could see that being the response like, well, we don't trust you, so out you go. And maybe they refund you your money on the way out or something, if they're nice. That's a blow to credibility, though. Anytime you, like, if you DQ somebody over, like, some cheating, because that's usually what it is. Right. I've never heard of a DQ over, we're not sure if your cards are real. No. Because no. that does not invalidate anything that the player has done all day long. Yeah. It's not the Bertaccini way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if you, if you had your whatever deck, it's still the whatever deck. It's still real cards. It doesn't invalidate any of the plays, any of that. Right. Everything could be on camera and they could, and no one's ever gonna, but they could like backtrack every moment and make sure that no one ever cheated at any point. Right. Nothing that you've done has altered your skill. Right. You're still an equal player. You're just Aladdin. <laughs> you just went to the Chinese genie. And What's the problem, princess? What's the fucking problem? <laughs> I thought you liked what I was giving you. Come on now. Look at the judge. Do you trust me? <laughs> <laughs> Take you wonder by wonder. Oh, God, how did that song go? Magic I can show world. you the world, take you wonder by wonder. I always thought that song was about anal, by the way. That makes sense. <laughs> kind of like Four Degrees by Tool. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, you you got to explain. A cavern of treasures that no one has been to, you know? Especially if you have Cavern of Souls in your deck. <laughs> Lay back and let me show you another way. They're not that very different in their lyrics. That's all I'm saying. It's, it's a bit of a divergence. <laughs> But it's been on my mind for like literally years, and I became aware recently that some number of people actually listen to this podcast we make, so now they have to know this too. <laughs> and ass virgins, indeed. Yes. <laughs> so fake cards, again, they're here to stay. It's, you know, like, they're easy to get. It's not hard. They're way cheaper than buying the, you know, the old shit. And actually, come to think of it, that's when we were talking about how do they affect stores. Yeah. I think they help stores. Yeah. Most because stores don't I, when I was thinking shit. about like getting, you know, duels and shit, I bought them from a store because I trusted the store. True. And actually I talked to some of the guys that run that store mm. and I was asking them about this exact same thing. And I was saying like, Hey, I, I want some duels that are not in great shape, you know, not totally fucked. Yeah. But they've got some wear on them, some years on them because I might have to sell them at some point. That's why I'm buying them. Mm hmm. And I don't want people to look at it and see a mint condition card and be like, it must be a fake. Right. I wanted something that had some miles on it so that they wouldn't like trigger this. Oh, that's not real. Yeah. If it was printed in 96, it should have some wear on it. Probably not all of them do there. Uh, the, this store had mint condition cards for every OG duel. No shit. And I would not buy them huh. because I thought it would be a big pain in the ass to resell cards in that good a shape because people would think they're fake. That makes sense. And that's got me thinking like, and I talked to the guy that, that was, you know, buying the collection that I was swapping for this. And I was saying, well, could, could I see all these cards? And to me, they look the same. Can you even tell a difference? He's like, instantly. Hmm. Right. That was my response. Like, seriously? He's like, yeah, instantly. I can tell a fake card instantly. I can just look at it and I can tell instantly. And I thought about it for a second and it's okay. Well, that makes sense. Cause that's your job. Right. Like you, your job is he's the guy at that store that did the buying and the selling that named the price, you know, like I came in, I dropped him off and the, the guy I spoke to as well, wait till whoever comes back. Cause he's the one who handles this. And right. he got back to me super quick because, you know, he has all the prices memorized as I did at one point in my life when I was fucking around with that kind of shit. Oh yeah. But yeah, he, he can just eyeball it and tell. So really, I, I think it just increases the, the reason to buy cards from stores. Yeah. If anything. I guess the only 
problem would be trading with other people. But I mean, when you get to old OG duels, that's a whole nother. Yeah. But when, when, when somebody's a thief, yeah, the word gets out quick. And if you're trading somebody a fake card for a real card, you are a thief. Yes. That's thievery. Yes. And thieves become pariahs instantaneously. Yeah. They're never allowed back in the community. Never again. I mean, there were horror stories back in the day of, you know, people would come to an event and they'd maybe be like wanting to sell cards to a dealer or they brought multiple decks or whatever. And backpacks go missing. Right. And they'd be $10,000 backpacks. Yup. And these cards are like bearer bonds. You know, there's no serial numbers on them. If you got them, you got them. There's, there's no way to be like, well, I used to own this playset of polluted deltas. But the Why? One. Because they're signed. They're the only ones that were ever signed. The ones you had, you know, but the, the beauty of this community is that almost every time that happened, not every time, but almost every time it happened, the whole community would be on the lookout. Yes. It was like an amber alert for fucking MTG. It was. I don't remember anyone ever getting their shit back. I do. It, okay. Well, it, it I didn't did know about once. that. It did happen Good. once. Good. I'm glad that happened at least once. It seems like to me that whoever would steal the shit would be aware of the amber alert because, again, it goes out to everybody and they'd just be like, all right, well, I'll just drive a state over and unload all this shit where nobody knows any of these people. That was what got them actually. No shit. They Tell went, me about it. They, they went one state over, they tried to unload it and it was, I think Nebraska and one of the game stores in Nebraska. I don't remember the name, but the, the store owner had heard about the Amber alert of MTG. And Hell was like, yes. Oh fuck off. And just called the cops immediately. Awesome. Dude went in for Cause it was over 10,000. It was uh, a felony. Right. I don't know. Good. Fuck that thief. Yeah. Yeah, that's a brutal thing to steal a magic collection from somebody because so many people, like, that's the only fucking valuable thing they have. That's their passion and, and their hobby. And whether that was a good choice or not, you know, like, you can debate that. It's like, well, your car, why Why didn't you get a better car? You know, it's not your business. Leave that alone. Right. There's a lot of magic players that, like, yeah, that's their pride and joy. That's, that's their assets is their magic collection. And if they're there to sell them, it's because they're dead broke. And they needed that money sometimes or the transition to this or that or make a move about whatever. Sure. Yeah, most of the time it's because they're dead broke. It's because it needs to turn into rent. Yeah, I, I would say at least over a coin flip at the time, it's because you're dead broke. And that's why you're moving all your shit out quick because we've done yeah. that multiple times. Oh, we were fuck dead yeah. broke. <laughs> yeah. And that was the last thing to go. Yeah. Sold <laughs> sold my collection several times real fucking quick because there were bills that were due like now. Yeah. Did it three and, times. And, and shit happened and I didn't have the money. Yeah, in which case the bear bonds were great. Yes, they were. It was like, oh, thank God I've been accidentally accruing value over the course of how many years. Oh, and what do you know? They appreciate in value despite everyone saying this is a stupid game. <laughs> Would have been better than a savings account, it turns out. Literally every time. Yeah. Shit. Literally every time. Literally every time. <laughs> I've heard, and it from an economic point of view, and this is obviously correct. Mm. It is always a mistake to sell power. That makes sense. On pure economics. Yeah. Because they're worth more every year. Yeah. And that applies to almost everything on the reserve list, even if it's some stupid shit that nobody plays just because it's on the reserve. Like invoke prejudice. Yeah. I owned one for a while because I, I mentioned in the past I had a commander collection and in invoke prejudice. I don't remember what it does. It's an enchantment for like quad blue and it counters stuff. For is that the one with the reasons? KKK art? Yes. Okay. It's, it's the one with like clansmen ghosts on it. And I, I got one because at the time it didn't cost that much money. And I had built this mono blue enchantments deck and it cared about devotion and 
like it had an effect that I wanted. And I remember like looking at the art, like what the fuck is this shit? <laughs> but I mean, it does fit in the deck. And then I sold that shit on one of those emergency times. And I got like 40, 50 bucks out of it. Felt pretty good. Cause I didn't pay that much for it. And then I checked the price a while ago and it's, it's many times more than that. So I, I only have nine cards in my entire collection physical now. All yeah. and all nine of them have a ginger brute. Some amount of sentimental value. Like, I think one of them was a signed Shivan Reef from somebody who, it, it was a long story, but point being, they all have sentimental value. I have one copy of Reparations in there, <clears throat> which, if you're wondering what the flavor text is, it was, I believe, sorry about your land, here's some gold or something. And it's Native Americans and Colonials. Yeah, there's some, <laughs> some, it's real bad. Real bad decisions that were put on magic cards back in the day. Army of Allah. Army of Allah comes to mind. Yeah. Actually, so some of these early magic cards kind of remind me of um, in Story County, Iowa. Mm. If you go to the courthouse mm. and you go to the top floor of the courthouse, you can't take photographs in the courthouse. And their reason for that is a good reason is that we don't want people fucking with the jurors, you know, harassing the jurors, tampering with the jury, yeah, that kind of stuff. Because, you know, it's, I don't know where you're listening to this from, but believe it or not, there is uh, a little bit of organized crime and some gangsters here and there in Iowa, certainly in Des Moines, where Story County is. Oh, yes. But there's a lot of things on that top floor that I could talk about. The number one thing that comes to mind, and this is why I found out about the policy, because I pulled my cell phone out to take a picture of it, and they stopped me. <laughs> there is a painting called The Indian Leaves Iowa. Oh, God. And it depicts someone wearing uh, a colonial union uniform, the old blue uniform, mm -hmm. wrapping a blanket around the shoulders of of a first nation member as they're marching out of frame in the photo that didn't age well no and uh there's no way that courthouse was built that tall before the whole pox blanket thing so it was obviously a monument to smallpox to genocide yeah in the courthouse and still there so, so yes it is oh my that's why i'm mentioning it right now you can go to story county iowa go to the store it's right downtown there's a lot of great restaurants and bars you can check out <laughs> while you're there on fucking court street and go to the fourth <laughs> floor and see this monument to genocide that's just right there and yeah so some of that exists in the reserve list of magic cards of cards that nobody plays that have collector's value i guess for the same reasons that fucking old nazi shit does yeah, and then, of course, there's Bizarre Baghdad that they can't ever get rid of because it's a staple. Well, it's busted. Yeah, it's, it's busted. <laughs> can't get rid of that one, no matter how poor the taste is. Say la vie. I mean, of all, the, of all the cards that were made in poor taste, that's one of the least offensive. It's one of the least offensive. That's true. But anyway. I'm not sure if I'm the one to be making that call, but eh. it just seems that way, considering, you know, Invoke Prejudice, these army of a lot of these things we talked about. Yeah, there's no Klansmen, at least. That's, yeah. That's something. Who the fuck let them put Klansmen? I, come on, man. Who approved that art? Well, that's, that's one to ask Wizards someday, you know? Yeah. A Q&A with Wizards. Yeah. Who drew it? Well, we know who drew it, but who's responsible for saying uh, yes? Who, how do you not know? <laughs> right. How do you not know? 
oh, we just didn't know. What's the, ex- there's no explanation for it. I, I feel like it's uh, it's going to turn into a boomer ex- explanation of like, well, it was really funny for like a moment and we just went with it. And like, we didn't think about how it would affect anyone else ever. We just kind of figured it was always going to be white guys playing this game. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> That's making it worse, bro. <laughs> right. Uh, and finally, on the uh, the docket of today, we have Magic 30 coming up. The 30th anniversary in Vegas. Halloween is coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Wizards has decided to price out most of everybody. Oh, fucking course. God damn it. Like, I I vaguely had interest in that. I probably was never going to do it, but tell me the bad news. I think the cheapest pass is $300. Fuck that. And the most expensive one that I believe is sold out, the VIP one, is almost 1000 and I, I remember who's paying for these, man. Who's collect, paying for collectors. these? What, what, what do they have? Like some super special edition, crazy, yes. whatever of what, what is it? What, what's they, what, what, what is it? What's I, the bacon they're hanging in front of us? Richard Garfield card. Like the, the uncard. Like, I think so. They're doing a remix on it or something. And then there's like a Richard soul. Garfield PhD. That's yeah. two blue and three for a two, two human wizard that basically turns the game into mental magic from there. Yeah. Which, if you're listening and you don't know Mental Magic, it's a really fun game to play. You shuffle up some random-ass cards, no lands. And you can play... You start the game, you both play out of one deck, or it could be multiplayer out of one deck. Mm -hmm. And you can play any card face down as basically a rainbow land. It makes whatever mana you need it to. And you can cast any cards you have as anything other than what it is, as long as it shares the mana cost. Mm -hmm. But But you... The, the same card cannot be played twice in the same game. It is an incredibly difficult game to play. It is, yeah. It's, it's a ton of fun, though. It's, it's a great way to beat up on the kids. It's also a really fun drunk game. Yeah, it's yeah, fun. it is. I, I've had more than a few of those drunk games that were decided by somebody at the end going, uh, Raging Goblin. I've done that, too. <laughs> where, like, all I could think of was a bad common yeah. or something. Because, yeah, you start off, you're like one blue ancestral recall, you draw three. But like after three or four turns, you start kind of, especially if you play it like legacy style over the course of the day, where like you can't name it if we played it any time today. My, I think my favorite is somebody pulled together a vintage deck for mental magic. So all the shit you were thinking of was just gone. You're like, force will, <laughs> except that's what's in my fucking hand. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It, all the broken shit you just couldn't use, but you were looking at it the whole time, and that's all you can think of when you look at it. And you're right. drunk. You're like, yeah, that card. I'll play that. That can't be that card. What else is fucking three and two blue? <laughs> I don't know. Bribery, anyway. <laughs> it's not bad. No, no. But it's... Treachery's better. Right. You see the point, though? There's yeah. just there's so many ways to go with it. And eventually, you just start playing commons and shit that you can remember from drafts from exactly. years ago. Yeah, sooner or later, it degenerates <laughs> to that. Especially if you play with more than two people which I don't recommend necessarily because it gets confusing really quickly, but you can do it. And yet it, it is kind of, a, it is kind of a riot. <laughs> it is. So they have, they have a special version of Richard Garfield PhD that turns the whole game into mental magic that no one even plays that card. Cause if you're going to play mental magic, you just play mental magic because no one plays on cards because why would you? Well, they, they made it. So you have to purchase one of these packages to play in the command zone. And I don't know what the command zone is, but I think it's just the commander side of it or whatever. The only part where people would want to go if they come to a con. Right. To go have fun with everybody and play commander. The funnest, most fucking casual format is the expensivest. Thank you, wizards. Can we just start calling it uh, 
what what was it? Elder Dragon Highlander EDH. Yeah, we just take it back. Mm. Fuck wizards, fuck commander. It's EDH now, not CDH or whatever the fuck they call. Well, it that's now. Canadian. Is that what that is? Yeah, okay. there's slightly different rules for the Canadian version, and I've heard it's a cool format. I've never fucked with it, mm. but that's fucked, man. Yeah, they priced out everybody. Commander should be like the like that is the format for the people. That is the people's format. That is yeah that that is like. I have showed up to card stores with bullshit decks I built for Commander just because I wanted to just kill a little time and like meet some new people. And I'd play against fucking 13 year olds. I'd play against people that are like in their early 50s. You know, people are just bringing their decks and expressing themselves and having fun. And it's just, you know, socializing. Commander's like the ultimate expression. That is the most expensive way to get into wow commander is like the ultimate expression of who you are as a magic player it really is you get to choose every part of that deck and you get to make it exactly the way you want to make it and it's it's gorgeous it's beautiful i don't play the format but i appreciate it right and there's no tournament to try and win with it no you're just there to have a good time with people and they the addendum to it is that because you paid this exorbitant fee you get one of those expensive ass collector's boxes and you get a limited edition soul ring and some Richard Garfield thing and a bunch a of other million prints of soul ring. Who gives a flying? And they're fuck? like, well, the resale value on the collector's box, you'll basically break even. But like now you have to go resell it and you had to have yeah. the money up front. Well, and right. That's that's the problem. I mean, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Right. Even if you could cycle it back into the money, you have to have the money like right now mm-hmm. to pay for the t- because, again, there's physical product associated with it. Right. And again, there's finite space, so it will sell out and it will sell out to people who can just afford to not have that money for a period of time Mm -hmm. and then turn it into more money eventually. Exactly. But if you got bills due now, I guess it's a big old go fuck yourself. And there's all these people online that are like, well, if you were planning to go to Vegas, you really should have at least $300 of pocket change anyway. Like, what's the big deal? And the big deal is that there are people who this is their dream. You know what I mean? To go play this. 30 anniversary. Yeah. That should be the most accessible event possible. It should be like fucking Christ. They print this shit. You should walk in the door and they'd be like, here's a draft set and a draft token. Go have fun. Try and win some prizes. Here's just for showing up for the 30th. It's a big celebration of all the fucking. Didn't they just have their first billion dollar year last year? They did. They did. They can print this shit for fucking nothing. All it's, it's cardboard crack is just going to addict people to it anyway. Yeah. Make it the biggest, most broadly accessible, hand people cards on the way in, go play, go have fun. They could have if turned this If there's going to be any day that's just like a free play day, here you go. We appreciate you, players, for making us all these ridiculous mountains of money as we continue to print things like Oko. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and alchemy. I don't know if you're listening, anybody on Wizards. I presume not, but you got it backwards. You owe us, you motherfuckers. And you definitely should have made this the biggest blowout party. That should have been. This should have been like going to a college kegger level cheap. You yeah, walk like in the door. Like, like, like a fucking fraternity that's trying to recruit everybody. Yeah. Where it's all free on the this front is, end, basically. This is so fucking stupid. But... That's Magic 30 and why I won't be going. Because I debated it. I really did. You know, when I heard about this idea, I was so excited. Yeah. I figured Halloween, we have some birthdays in the crew. We could have taken everybody and gone as a crew. And I've never been to Vegas. I always wanted to go. It would have been the excuse I needed. I've gone, but never under good circumstances. And this would have been the perfect one. It really would have. 
but not at this fucking price. That's just fucking ridiculous and obscene. Yeah. Ridiculous and obscene. And it's, I don't know. You know, I continue to play the game. I continue to love the game. I continue to be excited about new shit when it comes out. But I continue to shake my head at the decisions they make and how completely short-sighted and greedy they are and just flipping the bird to people that have been around forever. And I, I know that like this isn't the only place where someone's espousing this opinion. Yeah. But I don't know, man. That's a, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. I, I hope the new set's really great so I forget all about it or whatever. I or just, like we can we can organize our own events that are dope or something. But I just hope someday Finkel gains enough money and power to rip wizards away from Hasbro. I mean, it's so gross. Like this is, that's what this, this is, is. This is Hasbro not, more I'm than not, wizards. I'm not mad that I'm priced out of this. Yeah. Because realistically, I don't know what the chances of me going ever were. Right. But like, I entertained the idea. Right. But e even if I was gonna go, but this priced me out of it. That's I, I, that's I don't care so much. It's that I know how good this game is mm -hmm. because this game is about like connecting people with each other. And it's great at it. And taking this point of view of, well, it's, it's the highest amount of money that we can extract from the biggest whales. You will never, ever create a social scene around that. Yeah. You will never, ever create meaningful new bonds between people around that. And the potential that this game has not just as like the, the best game to play, but like as the best game to meet new people, the best game to make new friendships, the best game to, to mix into a social experience. I don't keep coming back because I like the gameplay so much. That's a reason. Mm -hmm. But I keep coming back set after set because I, I, I love playing. I love meeting people. I love the whole social experience. And pricing people out of it even ruins it for the whales. It does. That are showing up, that have the money, that don't care. They're like, yeah, sure, take all my money. I like the fun shit. I'm just here for fun. Or I want these cards. I collect them. I love them, whatever. There's nobody who doesn't want to have a good social experience. And it's in a world that has a paucity of community. We really need it now more than ever. We do. And that's really what bothers me about this more than just like the money hungriness of it is what that could have been as a community moment. For this game would have been huge on the 30 year anniversary after they made so much money that they could really show some fucking respect they could have sunk 10 million into this and not sweated it and let's get real they owe they owe some fucking respect to the old player base yeah that that propped them up for years and years and years when this was just like when nerd was a dirty word and the rep was that it was all incel yeah. And this game got propped up for literal fucking decades by people that this is now shitting on. Wizards, I, you got to pay some fucking respect. I remember being young and quitting the game strictly because I didn't want the stigma associated with it for a few years. And then I came back because I couldn't help but love the game. Yeah, dude, I dropped out in high school because I wanted to get laid. Right. <laughs> right. And now now it's in. Now it's in. Mm -hmm. And everybody loves it. And that's wonderful. But like, Pay, pay some respect. We, we came, we paid in most of our fucking existences into this game. And well, we I mean, you it. talk about back in the day, you know, taking your paycheck from the grocery store and signing it over to the card store. God, and, that was fun. You know, like <laughs> I, I love I not having rent. sold plasma to buy steam vents <laughs> yeah. and mowed lawns to buy fucking cards. And I babysat, you know, my mom's 
friends, kids, so I could buy cards yeah. and shit like that. Like they, they got a lot from us. They got the continuation. They, they, they got the, I mean, the social structure that we all built independent of the systems that they created with each other through our mutual interest in their intellectual property. Yep. That continue to bond us year in and year out. Which I guess the deeper we go into this makes me shed even less of zero tears when people make fake cards. Yes. <laughs> there is that. Oh, man. I think that about wraps it up, though. Robin Hood had it right. Peace out. Peace out.